Welcome to Tales of the East End, episode 88, and of course it is me, Gary P, and the prof, Carl Riley. I hate derbies. <laughs> we reviewed Dirty and the Bowls games, and we'll have a, quick, a Q&A with our good pal Winston, in between those to cheer us up a bit. Um, it's a tough one today, Rolf, very tough one. Why you have to dust off the old uh, list of hatred for this one, Gary? I think so, I just want, I just want 11 v 11. I just want 11 v 11, fair game of football, that's well, all. Not too bad. You're so, not, you're not um... Still sponsored by Camille. Prof is officially hooked. He can't get enough of that crispy chilli chicken. <laughs> Absolutely incapacitating himself before games and then waddling <laughs> up to, to Dallas Stadium. Just saying to you, I need like, some sort of transport for that. <laughs> Just from the, the shop to the, the ground. We're currently in negotiation with Camille for a nap room yeah. and uh, a, an airport trolley to <laughs> whisk you up to the stadium. So, it really um, is hard work. Yeah, so we beat Derry 1-0 to Brandywell for our eighth win in a row, and Brad's a name, an unchanged team, although he moved Sean Cavanagh into a central position. What do you think of that now? Because I liked it, because Cavo, even Cavo, we move on to Bowles in a while, but Cavo is a fantastic player no matter where he plays. He's well able, he's smart, he's technically really, really good. I thought I thought it was a good move. We know he can play anywhere, but the, the combo with Trevor Clark I thought had been working brilliantly. That's why I was all surprised by it. Yeah, true, true. I'd love to know his mindset on it though. Maybe it's a question you could ask him in the, in the future. Um, yeah, so eleven of us went to Camille before the bus left from uh, from the from the Abo, and um, yeah, it was an eventful affair, Prof. My review must have worked, Gar. The, the what? My review of uh, Camille must have worked because. Brought a big gang of us. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. It was, it was laughing my head off. Tony Camille even heard himself. malnourished. <laughs> um, the lads were discussing my uh, GIF goal celebration from Cork. Oh, the Tony was slagging me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was giving me a whole. Um, I went for the calamari bites. I didn't want to be too full. I didn't want to be incapacitated on a busted dairy. So I went for the calamari bites and the wasabi mayo. And it was a, it was a nice little combo. So we found out that the Hoops SC bus was pulled. So uh, queue, phones, hopping over, looking for spots. And we had one spot left and we had to look after an old school hoop. Yeah, we and were flooded by messages. Were ah, we saying flooded, any yeah. room on the we bus? We would have looked after anyone we could, but listen, we just didn't have space. And um, it was a sombre affair because the murder of the 29-year-old journalist, Laura McKee, and the Craig and Estate happened the night before. So uh, we were mindful of that anyway. And... Um, yeah, so off we went in good time. I think it was about twenty to three. And uh, Sean Keane is on the list of hatred now 
because mm. he didn't tell me he wasn't on the bus anymore and he cancelled. He, I know Risky Rebecca did, but I was running around looking for an extra two people. <laughs> and then someone piped up and goes, where's Sean Kane? And I goes, fucking Sean Kane. So he uh, he apologised, but he's still on the list of hatred. We're going to bring back the list of hatred in force today. Yeah. Most of us on the bus, I think it's fair to say, were banjoed before Monaghan. Banjoed, word of the year. Uh, which would be a great name for a song, I think. Banjoed. Ban- banjoed before Monaghan. <laughs> banjo, we get uh, we get Deco Fitz. We get, we get up, we, actually let's let's name the band. Obviously, Ozzy Nate is the drummer. Uh, we have to have Deco in there because he, he can sing an old song. I think we're going to incriminate other people now, so we probably just stop where we're at. I was beside uh, Carl Carnes on the bus. He was impressed that I started my first ever song on the bus, Gary. It was the Princess Diana one. Yeah, you just wanted that for Maloney, didn't you? So, like, first a goal celebration, then I started a chant. Gary, I'm capable of anything. Oh, here come top of the ultras, head of the yeah. ultras. Um, yeah, so off we went, and the bus was eventful, to say the least. It's always go crack on the tip, these bus. A few hard brakes by that uh, driver. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> <So laughs> <watching> a windscreen <laughs> at one stage. The driver's name is Yokes, by the way, so yeah. definitely want him again. Says it all. See your man, like, standing in the aisle with two can in each hand. And then the driver just hits the brakes. <laughs> and you're like, he's gone. He just doesn't exist anymore. He just he disappeared. Just got sucked towards the windscreen. Yeah. A massive uh, hoover just arguably My favourite part of the day, though, was because we were crossing the border. And obviously, we didn't want to draw any unwanted attention. And Gary, you kept saying that lads take it easy because they were getting rowdy. Yeah, just kind of sit down because if we go by any yeah. police, they're just going to see like a nightclub on wheels. <laughs> so you did this a few times. You were like, take it easy, lads, take it easy. And then, of course, it didn't exactly work. And they were all singing, we all hate balls. Uh, I look over at you, you're leading the way. <laughs> <laughs> did not. No. Uh, yeah, another one as well. Yeah. Mark Turner, I was... Oh, man. The drink got the better of me. I'm standing up the top of the bus and I'm saying, right, lads, listen. Everybody behave yourselves up here. It's a, it's a tricky situation. No one bring any drink into the ground. And then... <laughs> Lo and behold, I smuggled a couple of bottles of Ferroni in. I'm there drinking in the stand. Your man goes, ah, yeah. Turner goes, ah, yeah. Telling everybody not to bring their own drink. <laughs> Completely lost the run of myself. The steward was impressed when he saw the enormous bag of empty cans outside yeah. the bus. Yeah, just hanging that, there. And that was only one of them. Yeah. That was only one of them. So, um, yeah, at the start of the game, an impeccable minute silence was observed. And um, I think, yeah, like... A lot of people were expecting trouble or something to go down, but it was kind of the opposite in some ways because because of what happened. As you you said, you used the word somber. That was fitting. Yeah, new, like, new, newfound soft spot for Derry, by the way, was, and we, their fans. It was a somber city we came to, and the Rovers and Derry fans mingled really well. Got yeah, on the Bluebell Pub. Is that what it called? I think so. Yeah, I think they opened up a room for us. They, there was no room in the pub and then they said yeah. right lads going upstairs there's a room there's up there I have a newfound sauce spot for Derry and the people considering there always was a little bit of fucking little bite a bit of bite between us I definitely have a newfound sauce spot football just wasn't as important really yeah So no it wasn't but we'll uh, move on to the game we're quickly with Green's goals um, did you think Green would score when he was throwing goal I actually did I was one of the six people who thought he would score super finish it was and how about and Jack Bourne's pass ah the snap pass. The snap, the little jump. It looks like the ball is being overrun. Maybe he's getting away from him. He has spin on that. He's or putting backspin on that. He or he's to trying to think what he'll do next. And suddenly he just plays it forward. And how composed was Green? Excellent stuff. 
from Iron Green and Lovely great to see him, for finish. Great to see him to get to get to get to get, uh, to get the goal. So uh chances for us and them. Well they had their best chance just before the green goal, wasn't it? It was where they crossed it. Oh Junior. And, yeah. A glancer of a header. A glancing header went wide, I think. Was it? Yeah, he's a good player. I thought he was dangerous. So, actually, not a lot of uh, saves in the game. Uh, probably the most noble one was Strain right at the end, wasn't it? He forced yeah, Greener put him in. Greener got a shot, but he, mm. he put him through on goal, and it was a, it was a good save. Other than that, though, I mean, uh, Grace had the header early on. Uh, Parkhouse tested Manus. So, yeah, not a lot of keepers didn't have a whole lot to do, but it was kind of like... We had to dig in in that game and defend more so than any other game so far this season. Scrappy affair. To and we say showed that least. we could do it. Really was. It was good. And um, coming towards the 90th minute, I mean, let, let's be honest, that was one of the most like we've ever sang at any away trip ever. It was constant. Hmm. I love the way we have to walk. We don't have to, but we walk through the ground. Yeah. Out the other side. And you have to walk across all the seats through the whole length of the ground. I mm. love that. But, um, the the fact that we did like people say oh they sang for ninety minutes we actually sang for ninety minutes there wasn't one yeah. gap in the sing song at all so it was a it was a really really eventful trip and a great win and I've mentioned this before the way there's no segregation at the ground really like you just you walk across the home end into our corner at the end so I was, I was walking and I was listening up the tunnel to see or like which is our end. And then I hear dairy fans singing about Hayden Shamrock Rovers. I was like, right, that's not me. Did he? And then yeah, I then I went to the next one and I heard the McIniff song. And I was like, alright, that's me. Follow that. Yeah. Follow the McIniff song. And also, Gary, have you ever been in a urinal with 14 dairy men? No. <laughs> How did you manage that? That was an experience, let me tell you. Because I had to go right after the full time whistle. And it was basically just me and Tommy Keddy in there. Now you're all and, right, so. And, yeah, if I went down, it was grand. But, but it was just like. They were just chatting about the game really quickly. So it was like three minutes of Hardy Harris. Yeah. I had no idea what any of them said. <laughs> like, so you're there with the old, going, going, taking an old whiz, and all you can hear is Hardy, 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 Hardy. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I didn't get a single word. And then the place just cleared. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> just like, yes. Yes to everybody. Yeah, so a really strong defensive display from us. Uh, Pigo was given man the match by RTE. And as we discovered, Joey has been playing with a dislocated shoulder for yeah. four weeks. He is a he's a man mountain, Joey. He really has been going above and beyond, and he's been excellent. It popped out in this game. Yeah, and he, he just, had to roll it back in. He just lash it back in there, Joey. What what a what a tough guy. So, um, uh, Dan Kerr, the forgotten man, came on for in this in this game, and he held the ball up pretty well. Do you know what? He's great at. We talk about him in Bowes as well because he will cameo against Bowes, but he's great at, uh, if you want to hold on to a lead, give him the ball because he's very evasive. He runs into corners. When he has the ball at his feet, he's able to evade most defenders mm-hmm. and then he's gone and he's 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 giving you an option out wide or in a corner or something like that if you want to hold on to the ball. He did deny me now against Bowes right at the end. He turned the player inside out. Yeah. Robbie Gaffney was probably somewhere doing pirouettes <laughs> in the stand. Turned him inside out three times and then he tried to do it again. Yeah. And I was like, Dah, no. Where are you going? You're going right back into you the did mess. He did it already. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Dan Kerr, who once had a trial with Liverpool, remember he went straight from a building site to play a reserve game with yeah, Raheem yeah. Sterling. He came on and Gerardo Bruna came on for Derry. 
who was formerly on the books of both Liverpool and Real Madrid without ever playing a game. Now he is in good old Derry City. So, uh, yeah, coming out of ground was great crack. Um, one of the happiest away trips <laughs> yeah. ever. That was a great day. And good old Yokes, he didn't know what he was going <laughs> to expect on the way home. And like like you mentioned, like absolutely no trouble whatsoever. You're thinking, like, the, there's, a, there's a bus pulled and we'll be having any trouble with the PSNI and all this. And after all this concern, all we got was we came out of the ground and three really young girls stood there and sang about Shamrock Rovers, green and white, green and white, shy. <laughs> I like that, it's original. That, I don't know how it went, but it was something like that. That was it. That was the extent of the hooliganism. The ladies take care of them. <laughs> there, was, there was nearly a scene, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, like, I mean, there's not much more we can talk about. Uh, without being divorced and arrested. So, um, yeah, no, great, great, great trip. And so not a good Friday. Not a good Friday, yeah. A great Friday. A great Friday. I love it, Prof. So, uh, no trouble at all, but McInef received what he called disrespectful and personal abuse from minority of Derry fans. So, I mean, just taking the piss and just abusing players and saying things, but when it gets personal about relatives that have passed and things like that, that's, it crosses the line for me. Hmm. So, um, yeah, we're going to move on with the Prof, and he has some stats. Hit us, Prof. Uh, I'll just briefly touch on the ones I mentioned before the game. So that was eight league wins in a row for the first time since 1987. It was the first time we ever won four in a row against Derry. And Greener got our 100 goal against Derry. Oh, nice. So when that stat is more of a personal stat, and that's all four away games that I've taken a supporters bus to this season. Waterford, Harps, Cork and Derry. We all won. Woohoo. This season is mental. Way are, you go, are you all won on Friday, prof? And, in fact, the last eight league games we've played outside of Dublin that I went to, oh. we have won all eight. <laughs> the prof this goes is back. the magic charm. This goes back to June because I wasn't in Sligo for that dead rubber. I wasn't in Cork last year when Bazuna said the penal. So the last eight out of Dublin. Eight wins for me. And Prof, tell me this, you're on the Wack Express, is that right? I am indeed. So the Prof is on the Wack Express. So a it's a good omen. A fantastically good omen. A good omen. And coming out of the ground, we're like, are we just going to win all the time now? Yeah, you're is like, that, are we ever going to lose? <laughs> and then, thanks for that Prof. Yeah, Well, it lose. doesn't sound as funny now, but at the time it was like, are we just going to win all the time now? Mm. Yeah, so that's the stats, and we're top of the other results on Friday as well. We'd Waterford beating Cork 2-0. Uh, I took the reins on the predictions this week, Prof, because you were shit. And um, I'm not going to respond to such. <laughs> yeah, I went for Warford. Remarks. I think I went for Pats. So Pats beats Lego two one Dundalk beat uh, Harps three 0 and Bowes beat UCD three 0 So Dundalk are getting their big players back from injury now. Aren't yeah, they? I think I saw Shields on the pitch there as well. So they are definitely going to their their squad is strong. I hope um, you went for the draws though in the Monday because it was two draws. I did. I went for the, well, we had Waterford Derry draw. I had that one. Obviously, I went for Rovers win. Um. I'll go back to you on what I went for. Just gonna, I'm not going to make it up just to make myself feel better about losing. But we had uh, UCD 1, Dundalk 3, Waterford 2, Derry 2, Cork 0, Sligo 0, Finn Harps 0, St. Pat's 2. So that was on the on the Bank Holiday Monday. Did you see Duffy had a, had a volley from 20 yards disallowed because the referee was in the middle of blowing his halftime whistle? No, I saw the volley. I didn't know what it was disallowed yeah. for. Absolute cracker. The ball had just left his 
boo and the referee has the whistle in his mouth an absolute cracker yeah he, his, his other goal was excellent as well um, yeah so uh, Scales and Faruja from UCD have gone on trial at Man City which is big news over there where Gav was doing it yeah it's a strange one isn't it we're in the middle of five games in 15 days now this hectic schedule oh, God. once again we ask why was this fixture list so front loaded you won't you won't find out Un- unless I mean maybe we will find out considering the the, the the most recent board and administration are gone so maybe we'll get a little bit more transparency but like if you, if you reach the FBI Cup semi-finals you will just about have a game every week in September October but if you don't you're going to have all these gap weeks. Yeah. And you're going to be thinking back to April and March when we kept playing every Monday, Friday, Monday, Friday. And we're like, why did we do that again? Yeah, we know about those gap weeks all right from last season. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on now to the 1-0 loss at home. The balls, Tuesday night. Same start at 11 again and Ward was on the bench for them. It was a, it was a shocker. We were surprised by yeah, that. Yeah, we were surprised considering he's been a torment for the last couple of games. I don't know if you know this, but James Furlong, a uh, 16-year-old defender, he's actually been on the bench for us each of the last three games. Yeah, so they're, they're yeah he's a Ireland international as well, aren't they? He's they're they're building him up, all right. Um, the build up to this game, it's so so positive, it's so I actually, positive. I actually didn't like the build up because it was just it was so nerve wracking. Yeah, I don't like the anxiety. <laughs> the nerves was too much. And you've gone in, everybody's asking me, like, oh, do you think we'll win? Do you think we'll win? And I'd always hesitate and be like, well, we should win. Yeah, I mean, everything, let's be honest, everything was in our favour. The bookies, I mean, we were 4-7. to seven. Our form, uh, our team was fit, only one out was Bulger. Everything was in our favour. Everything. And it just wasn't to be. Um, the Be There video package was great. Glenn Cronin's very angry. <laughs> Dan Carroll be there <laughs> he's just like you have to be there so, or else <laughs> Dan Carroll was very suave yeah. Glenn was just like ordering you to be there <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I don't know what to say anymore I'm, I'm, if someone turned around to me and they were like jeez podcast be cancelled this week and I was like no never not a chance but then I woke up I was like oh god I'm going to talk about this fucking game you, but, do, you do sound like a broken man so far ah Hopefully the list of hatred will prop you up. Now. Yes. So the B Day video package, like we said, it was great. Glenn Crown, Angry Man. Uh Prost Perch was occupied. We had to do a clear out. It was like a Royal Rumble up there. <laughs> Throw people over the perch. The lads were saying we need to mark it as reserved. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh, before we go into the what can we call it? The Tala something. Something it's it's a monstrosity anyway, this refereeing performance, but before we get into it. We're going to have a chat with Winston. So we're here on Derby Day, and it's Winston's first Dublin Derby this season because he has a ticket this time. And we have fantastic momentum going into this one, haven't we? Uh, look, we're top of the league now, right? Top of the league, but, and this is a big but, it's because the dark have been losing games. You win nothing in April, I keep saying it. And you keep telling me, oh, we won eight in a row. But we haven't. That's not true, that's nonsense. I, I was out of Bray. I don't, did I imagine that? Out of the League Cup. At the first hurdle to a first division team. Now, that, that, and this is for the second year in our own wind. It's a shambles. 
This game's about winning medals, right? I keep saying it. It's nonsense. Nearly three years into the project, and we've nothing to show for it. Nothing. Now, I know snobs like you will tell me it's only the EA Sports Club Cup, and it doesn't matter. But it's a trophy. It's silver, and it's, it's weird handles. You know, it, it reminds me of my Uncle Paddy. But it, it, it doesn't matter. It's a trophy. Right, well, uh, good win in Derry, though. How do you think we played? Yeah, all right, yeah, it was a good win. I'll give you that. Now, I was delighted for Greener. We hadn't won up there in the Brandy in ages. You know, there was concerns before the game that we wouldn't, it wouldn't go ahead and all that, you know, because of what happened the night before, which is terrible. Terrible, you know. Now, the club should have made sure it was safe to travel. You know, who's in charge of health and safety? You know, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I wasn't going to be going to the game myself. But I wanted to play me part, okay? So I got onto the old PSNI on the blower and I said, look, lads, watch the crack. They told me it was grand. So you're all welcome. Now, with the performance, yeah, we... I tell you, I was, I was saying this to the lads. We kept passing it about at the back. Way too much. Losing the ball right at the back. Right? I know I saw this happening far too much. And we keep bringing on Volkajik, running around like a headless chicken for the last ten minutes. I think Bradley's just being stubborn. Send him back to Wolfstown or whatever he, wherever he belongs. Alright, any other complaints? So, sorry, these aren't complaints. This is constructive criticism. I told you before, they know a thing or two about a thing or two. Now, it's not easy watching the hoops on the television, and I can tell you that much. Them RTE commentators are a disgrace. They're constantly making up the pl- mixing up the players' names all night. It's disgraceful. And by the way, I, I meant to ask you, that young lad in the photo with the, uh, with the sign asking for Jack Bourne to, to, to give him his jersey, what happened there? Well, the club found out who he was and uh, Jack actually gave him the jersey, which was really nice. Oh, yeah, that's lovely, yeah. But answer me this. Is the jersey not the property of the club, not the player? Now, that's my point. So, anyway, we're doing the Q&A today. And we actually got loads of questions sent in. So, I've just picked out some of them for now. We'll try and answer everybody uh, eventually. So, Nick Clark asks, Should Robbers follow the lead of a certain D7 club? and employ the services of a poet in residence or two, or indeed a choir. Well, I consider myself a bit of a poet. Really? Oh, yeah. Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm a schizophrenic, and so am I. Right, going to go to the forum now. Uh, DFX wants to know, West Stand or South Stand? Oh, West. Oh, easily. Because the West knows their football. You see, when you're up in the West, right, and they're talking to you, they talk the game as they see the game and as they know the game, but more importantly, how they feel the game. Do you understand me? I think I do. Uh, JMK asks, what matters most, results or style of football? You see, this is, again, we're onto this thing here where, where, where people think you can't have both. Why can't you have both? Does other clubs have both? I thought people have to ha- that, 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 that should have had both. That's what you're aiming for. Every time you step out on that pitch, Style of play, good football, and get the results. It's not, it's, it's, it's not rocket science here. It's, it's not NASA about walking forward, but it's when you put a man on the moon. You know what I mean? It's just get the results, play good football. Simple. JMK uh, had another one. He says, does Joel Custron speak French? Now, you're at it as well. The lad is from Limerick. Right? Limerick, in the heart of the bleeding country. It's Joel Custron. And... It doesn't matter if he can speak French or not. You see, football, as I've said before, and I say to the kids all the time, it's a beautiful game. It's a universal language. Joel just has to say, here, yeah, folky joke. See that? Get, your, get on the end of this. And what'll happen? Over the bar, boom, goal kick. Gar Brennan asked this one. Is there any truth in the rumour 
Winston. Himself and John Delaney were spotted in each other's company in the Paradise Club in Stuttgart after Germany had just beaten Ireland 1-0 there in 2006. Me, a John Delaney. Come here to me. Listen, Roy, I wouldn't be in that fella's company if he paid me, which now in that shower could actually happen. Right, Alabama Rover asks, What's his opinion on Pasca in European football after finishing fifth? And also, who does he want us to play in Europe? How I feel about... about what? Well, Pasca kind of getting into Europe through the back door. Waterford are after being uh, denied. Well, I tell you, it's all there in the name. You, you replace the P with an R, what have you got? Do you know what I mean? Now, whether they did it right or wrong, they did it for their own club, and that's fair enough. We can, we can get on board with that. But I wouldn't be ratting out. Or maybe I would, I don't know. I don't like these questions. I feel like I'm on trial here. Move on. Well, the second part of that was who do you want us to play in Europe? Ah, I'd love to get the Icelandics again. Or maybe our old dear friends, Progress Needlecorn. They beat Rangers now, didn't they? So I'd say it's probably best to avoid them. Somewhere warm, for Jesus' sake. I mean, look, I've got to be. The weather's been fantastic. It's been beautiful, unbelievable over the last weekend. I mean, I'm getting sunburned on my neck and everything. It's killing me. Have you tried aloe vera? Ah, but I heard it's nice and, and all that, but I wouldn't chance going to Portugal myself, personally, you know. You know there's far too many shenanigans going on over there, you know. Place is a mad shop. Kidnappings and what have you. Right, what's your favourite ever movie? Oh, um, Oh, The Exorcist. I love that. I love the scary ones. It was great. Sorry, the what? The Exorcist. The, the, the one with the, the girl that she gets all super possessed by the... By, by, the devil. Oh, you mean the exorcist? That's what I said, the exorcist. Well, you know what I meant. Right. Uh, Tad a 10 on Twitter asked Winston, is he riding down in Glennon or are they just good friends? I beg your pardon? Listen, I'll have this, this Tad a 10. Is that some sort of group or something? I'll have the, these chaps now, right, that I've spoken for. Right? And her name is Mona. Okay? And I won't hear a bad word said about her. She's loving me life. And my child, childhood sweetheart, you were. Love of force, sweet. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful. I'll have to meet her sometime. Uh, next question. Gary P or Jerry C? You ba? These questions are nonsense. They're, they're nonsense. Right, LOI fan on Twitter. He wants to know your favourite player for the 40 years you've been fighting robbers. Well, listen. Now, set yourself in for this because this is a wonderful, beautiful story. In my time fighting this club, it can only be, right? But it was shadow of a do. And I was only saying this to the lads. JJ, Johnny Joyles. Now, granted, my memory isn't what it used to be, but I remember incredible gold he scored in the old Blanksnick Cups. It was called, that's what it was called back then, right? Blanksnick were a local manufacturer of socks in the six counties. So I still have a pair at home. Tremendously hard wearing. Tremendously. Now, no word of a lie, right? It was one of them cross-border competitions, you see, right? Now, this was Joyce's fourth season. Around 75, I think it was. He was getting a bit on now at this stage. Now, we're still playing now. You know, well, well, well into his mid-40s. We were playing the mighty Dungannon Swifts at Milltown. One ball in the middle of the park. Catches Joyce. He looks around, right? And I remember thinking to myself, I've seen a glint in his eye. Something special is going to happen here. Now, he turned around... And he looked over, and we all thought that's where he's going to go. He's going to pass the ball and spread it out wide, move it up, bit of pace, you know. But he didn't. 
He turned around and he looked the keeper square in the eye. It was like one of them westerns, you know, they, they, they have the, the jewels, but they, and they look each other in the eye, and the hand is on the trigger. And it was like that. And Jason didn't, he just opened it up, and it sailed. It was like time stood still. It was majestic. It sailed right over the keeper. You know what was going on? Back in the net. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So that's uh, Winston, he's back. Big Exorcist fan. Yeah, and big Johnny Giles fan. Yeah, advocate for the League Cup. What are we going to do with this fella? <laughs> I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to bring him on every two weeks and keep <laughs> listening to him. Um, right, we're going to move on to the debacle that was the Derby and Tala. And the game, let's talk about 11 v 11. I thought it was a great open game of football and I was really enjoying it. Uh, we had two great chances. We Ron Finn hitting the bar, and we had uh, Aaron McAniff with a great volley, and it was right a, good, should, right? yeah, a good save from Talbot. Um, good save from, and then he he scooped up the cross straight after that. We had a nervy start before those chances, like when we were trying to play out the back. Balls were obviously targeting there. We our, gave away our, a corner easily as well. That was embarrassing. Oh, yeah, they were that? targeting our full backs, and they were pressing us high. The one you're talking about, giving away the corner. But in saying that, the first fifteen minutes they didn't press. They let us have it. They let Jack Bourne have it. They let Aaron McInef have it. They let us kind of pass around their own, our own area, and then they kind of tried to squeeze us. It was what we do really. They kind of just squeeze us in, uh, in in the middle of the park. I thought they were good now in the opening period. I thought the way they play so direct and the way they play in the ball into Corcoran. I thought he was good. Yeah, Corcoran so, held it up well, bringing other people into the fray. They're a good team. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree with you. They are a good football team, and I, I'm dying for the next derby. I really think. But as you say, like. I mean what does it matter so much that they were the better team for 20 something minutes but I, don't even, I don't even believe that though I mean what did they do as regards to chances on goal fair enough they, they played well but we played well as well we started to mm. come into it it was an even enough game with 11 v 11 we had two great goal scoring opportunities yeah I agree with that I think they had one or two did they my point is what does it actually matter if if they were the better team like any game, especially a derby, there's going to be ebbs and flows yep. in a game. So I don't care if they were on top for that period of time. I want to see what happens in an f- actual full game. Yeah, And I haven't seen that now since last season. Totally agree with you on that one. Totally agree with you. And like I said, um, it was the tone was set straight on early, Prof, with Grace's yellow card. as a disgrace. Five or six minutes in, and he's quick to pull the yellow cards out. Yeah. Little Ward in his ear. Little Ward in his ear. And I don't think it was even the yellow. No. I think it was. I don't think he was even a foul. So little warden is there and say, "Listen, early on, relax. If you think he's if he's going down that road, then say it to him. Give him the chance. Whipping yellows out straight away." I remember thinking <clears throat> five minutes in, this is going to play a big part in the story of this game. Yeah, that yellow card. Exactly. When he got that so early, I don't know who it was. I think it was some some um, some country fella. Could have, could have been a midland who I'm not too sure it was off to my left I told him said this is going to affect us later on in this game this yellow card Lee yeah. Grace cannot get a yellow card that early because you want your centre has to be able to take a yellow late on maybe if they need to and get stuck into someone but the Trevor Clark red card this has been debated and debated and debated and I've watched it a hundred times and I think Pico's getting across Tutti will not agree <laughs> protagonist supreme <laughs> He will not agree, but I genuinely think that Pico was coming across. I think he's a lot to do there. I he, think he, he could come across. He could win the ball. He does have a lot to do. A lot to do, though. But if you watch it in real time, when he takes the touch 
and he moves in. He he's not even gearing up to strike the ball. He hasn't even attempted yeah, to strike the ball. He should be striking yet. the ball at that point. Yeah, and he's not, and that yeah. gives Pico the time to come across. First of all, my initial, my first thoughts were penal and yellow. He gave a red and a free. <laughs> That's what I thought. A penal and a yellow because it looked really in the box, but the initial pullback was outside the box, and Pico was getting across. I think it was a yellow and a free kick. Apparently the pull started outside the it box. It did, yeah. yeah. That's the initial point of contact, so that's the free. That's the, the, At that's the time, I couldn't understand yeah. why he didn't give a penalty if that was a foul. So I now, thought the one in Daily Mount, where Finn supposedly pulled down Ward, I thought this one was far more of a penalty than the Ward so? one in Daily Mount. I thought that was a dive mm. all day long. I thought this one was more of a foul. Oh, it was definitely a foul. I mean, he pulled, he pulled his side and he gave him a good pull. It was it was outside the box, so. But you mentioned Tuhi there. He he'd argue that both of those were fails because he's given the ref a decision, as he would say. But he is given the ref a decision to make. But when you look at Pico getting across, I saw someone online saying that he should he would have needed a Honda fifty to get across to him that quick. <laughs> I don't think so. I I think I've watched no. it plenty enough. Look at the way to- um, Pico was playing all game. He was a hero. Yeah. How many times did he put his body in the line? I know. I. Because of that, I'd probably think he was getting across, yeah. and uh, I, th- I think he got that one wrong. Um, Lee Grace, now this one, this one's very, very touchy and sensitive because the second that battled off his face, I thought to myself, that is the, one of the bravest challenges I've ever seen. Yeah, that was brilliant. His head snapped back. Who tackles with their hands beside their legs? Do you know what I mean? Is that what the ref wants? Does he want you to tackle with your legs? flush by your toys is that what he wants is that how you're supposed to tackle now it's impossible it's impossible it doesn't work like that and he was so quick to point to the penalty spot My, what I wanted was is I wanted him to talk to the officials talk to his so, Lionels, talk to his forward official and just take your time in making the decision he you was so to- quick to jump in and make a decision without any consultation he has forward officials there he has Lionels. Talk to him. It's a big game. It's a massive derby. Get it right. And he has gotten that totally, totally wrong. Deserves the motion. And he has ruined a fantastic game of football on a great occasion with horrendous refereeing. And there's no two ways about it. He should be demoted for a couple of games. He should be penalised. But you're going to have to try and get by the referees union who are staunch and do not condemn their own. And the referee assessor was John Fury. This is the same individual that felt Derek Foran was still at fault when he put, took down Anto Flood against Pats in the 4-0. And, also um, two reds in that game. That's the same one, two reds in that game, where Anto Flood was true on goal, he took a shot, had his goal-scoring opportunity, and Foran failed him. Foran was given a red, even though there was no goal-scoring opportunity, and a penalty was given as well. And John Verdi felt that that was the right decision to make at the time of the game. Very fucking diplomatic. And I just feel that it's a uh, we're we're mm. we're pissing against the wind here. Did you feel that you should have consulted the linesman uh, Robert Clark, who was also the linesman in Danny Mount? Do you think he would have given us anything, Gary? Absolutely not, not one bit. And um, like that's what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with inconsistent, mm. uh, really just a bad standard of refereeing. I always say bring back the Latvians. <laughs> it's Mendel, though, isn't it? Like he puts his body in the line if. It lashes off his forehead in the mush 
in Brian, the mush. Brian Kerr would say. Where was the linesman for this? What was he yeah. doing? He would have a great view of this if he was if he was doing his job right. He would have had a fantastic view. And if you've seen Lee go over to him, he just kind of just, uh, uh, I don't know. Like he didn't want to get involved. Yeah. It's like he didn't want anything to do with the situation because he didn't know what he was doing. He probably didn't watch it. He wasn't keeping up with the play. And it's just substandard refereeing as usual, which is what we were stuck with for the last 10, 15 years in the League of Ireland. The refereeing is absolutely horrendous. And listen, that's that's all across the board at every game for every for everyone. That's, we're not just saying that because it was the derby. Fair enough, it was. I don't think Bowes were the better team up until the sending off. It was a good, fair game. Good, open game of football and would have been a great spectacle with 90 minutes, 11 v 11. But the referee has totally ruined that. I also liked how you were kind of applying logic to it and that, like, how would the ball have generated that much power from a hand? It couldn't. A flailing hand would not be able to... A ball hitting a flailing hand would not be able to... It would have just rebound away somewhere. Yeah. We could nearly do a, a recreation here with John Connolly's signed ball. <laughs> Prof is going to take one in the mush for the for 50s. But there's no way a flailing hand... It would have went beyond him and behind him, whereas it took him so far, so hard in the face, it went out in the opposite direction. I really just starting to get, starting to boil the blood now, Prof. So we're all thinking damage limitation at this point, down yeah. to nine men. Definitely, yeah. Just put my head in my hands and thought, here we go, we're gonna get smashed. For the anyone living under a rock, by the way, this all happened in the first half. Yep. So we were down to nine men after what was it, thirty-seven minutes. So, and so Paul McLaughlin, the Monaghan-based Garda. And it has an has a Dundalk affiliation. There's a couple of stats there, isn't there? Do we have the stats, Conor O'Sullivan? Yeah, it's there. Uh, we'll talk about the stats. Conor O'Sullivan did some Paul McLaughlin stats in his last seven Rovers games. We've won one, drew two, and lost four. Three red cards shown to Rovers players in his last four games. And in 33 Dundalk games that he has officiated, he has sent off one player, that's Stephen O'Donnell in 2013. One player in 23 games, three and four for Rovers. And it's just, um, it reminds me of that documentary, Anyone But Celtic, where, listen, it's it's just crazy at the moment. But, uh, um, yeah, so for, uh, I thought Manus was brilliant for the penalty and it was just unfortunate. We were quick enough to get it out. Corkin did well, buried it. Um, I think, is that the second penalty I'll say for us to Ricky Saban against Pats in the last minute? Remember we won 2-1 in Tada? Uh, in general? The uh, Billy oh, Suarez handball. Yeah, overall? Overall, yeah. No, he saved one in the Europa League or Champions League against Flora. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was oh, it Thompson. debut? Was it debut? No. Oh, Thompson saved in the Europa League. So yeah. That wasn't him. But, uh, but, um, oh, yeah, so uh, they put in the rebound. Uh, Manus was actually injured in this because... Yeah, he got clattered. Corcoran slid in. Pico slid in as well. It was, it was hopeful as well, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I was hopeful. We were thinking, right, we get a we get a free out of this, but like it's McLaughlin, he's not going to give you anything. And a lot of people have been getting annoying recently and saying that they've been um, showing their distaste for him for years now, saying that he's been a terrible ref and he hasn't really come up on my radar until recently. So um, that's that's what you're dealing with. You're... We were briefly concerned Al might be injured, but you often see that keepers kind of yeah, getting a clatter in the chest, and they do tend to recover. You have to get hit by a Lewis for him to be taken off. <laughs> yeah. But it was just really, really frustrating. And well, like, overall, uh, for the league to progress with such a positive night as regards to attendances, away attendances, Bowles brought 1,100, it was great support. Um, 
I mean, our South stand was rocking. Six and a half thousand at a league derby. That was what that should be the aim. We should be able to build on that. But as a spectacle, it was ruined. And I'm looking at Twitter and people are just it laughing. Was, it was saying, totally ruined. What was the referee doing? What was he doing? Like that's a, that's fast from neutrals. And surely he knows. And apparently, from what we hear, he apologised to Brad and says he got it wrong. Hmm. It's no good to us. I mean, we we should be uh, we we should be taken. What what can you do? Who do you who do you report to? Who do you complain to? And then you have the likes of Pico Lopez, who was talking to the referee, and then he was pushed by the referee, which happened. So what do you do with that? How do you do that? I mean, because if he pushed the referee, he's gone. He's six nine games. He could be he could be out for for a long time. Yeah. So how do you do that? What do you do if a referee puts his hands on a player and pushes him physically? And he just didn't, he, he was ignorant as fuck as well, the whole game, didn't want to talk to anyone. And let's talk about Keith Ward kicking the ball, smashing windows in the square. Booting the balls into the mountains. In front of everybody, how can you not get a yellow for that? How can their persistent fouling not get yellows? I just thought he was totally, totally biased. Totally biased. It was the little thing But that's called that a spade well. a spade, it is the way it is. Obviously people are going to listen and say you think they're biased. But we are giving balls their props. Bowes played some lovely football up until that but as a contest it was over after the red cards they fair enough I thought they could have done a lot better against nine men but listen they, they got the three points and that's all that matters it was a generally bad all round refereeing performance like you mentioned the war time wasting one like normally time wasting balls players are cute about it like they'll just play it down the line or something yeah. this was like he he like pulled back with his boo and just like Put anger into it. it was and un- launched it over the stadium. And I'm like, well, that's the most blatant time wasting. He wellied it. And I, I kept looking. I was like, right, give, give him the yellow. Yeah, I was well, like, where's the yellow? Hang on, what? Where is the yellow? Actually, actually the ball into the funeral home behind the stadium. I think that's telling. As much as like, like a referee could get the Grace one wrong. He could, like Grace had his hands in the air. And he could think it was a handball. But how do you not think that's time wasting? And the lunge on Cavo right at the dugout ah. at the very end. How could he not even get How is that not a card? How is that not a card? No cards. How many cards did they get actually? One. And it was late on I think. I think someone chopped down McInef, I think it was but but either way, like you just want a fair derby. And they're they're gonna revel in that. They're gonna love this. They're gonna take the piss out of us because of it. They're gonna enjoy the the ref giving them whatever they can. But as as a spectacle, you do want a fair refereeing performance, which wasn't the case. But our performance with nine men, we can move on to that, and it's one of the proudest I've ever been at Rovers. Yeah, really proud. How of fit it, is yeah. that team? Aaron Green is probably still asleep. <laughs> uh everyone to a man, everyone has ran their bollocks off all night, clocking up kilometres. I really like I mean we pressed and we pressed and we pressed. I thought Brad's made good subs, by the way. I thought he, yeah. they were well informed subs and he knew when to make them. Carr was very good again. He came on. Car, yeah, it was a great so great idea to bring Car him on. He scored. There was a ball <sighs> clipped in behind the defence, and he forced a save. And then a minute later, we all thought Pico would hook the ball, hooked it into the far corner. It was Harrison Mel stuff. Ah, I mean, think about it. We created two really good goal scoring opportunities with nine men. That's mad. Nine men. We have been creating chances all season. It's all about picking ourselves up now and going to Dundalk and beating they, these. They didn't look great at all against nine men. No. They didn't like the expectancy. Yeah, like they you, they don't like having to go out and grab a game by the balls as regards against balls mm. where they, they like to hit us on the break. And I, I thought they kind of sat back a little bit. But 
The Bulls fans were very quiet in that Game management half. from them. That's all it was. Bulls fans were very quiet in the second half because they were kind of pondering the embarrassment of yeah, yeah. failing to beat nine men. I didn't think it was a great performance from them, though, in fairness. But you could say that, I mean, we're not as close to them. So we're in the South now. We don't really hear. Maybe we don't really hear them that mm. well. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was the best performance from the fans as well in, in years. The place was absolutely rocking. Oh, that, the whole game. That a few minutes before kickoff. It was, it was just, loud. It was just that. proud, wasn't it? It's was just proud. And listen, we're getting places, so I think we could just write that off again. <laughs> we just keep writing off the derbies. See what these write off. We now. just want we just want a game of football. We just want to play eleven v eleven. Um I loved as well how you know, like the last time they beat or was it the night night been a winner? When they were singing there's only one Stephen Bradley. Mm. So they tried to get a rendition of it again. And a lot of us were kind of leaving the the cell stand, and when then we heard that, most people just came back to sing it even louder than then. So we sang Brilliant. "Only One Stephen Bradley," because we're glad you sang the name of the manager who's top of the league. Glad you sang. Yeah, that. true. Yeah, when you think of it like that, and I have a staff here. I have a horrible, horrible ball staff here. You might notice it. That is uh, the first time balls have beaten us in four consecutive away games in their official history of the club. Do you know what? I didn't even bother looking that up because I thought, yeah, it probably is. First, four, first time they have beat us in four consecutive away games. I was actually ever. too depressed to check that one. Yeah. So I was like, something else to do. Well, listen, that's that's yeah. that's um, this is ammo. This is ammo for our players. Our players should look at that and think we were fucking excellent against Bowes with nine men last night. We should have, we could have beat them. Could have, could have, mm. could have equalized. We should go out to Dundalk and beat these on Friday because our performance hasn't dipped. Our performance didn't dip last night. It stayed no. the same with nine men. It was like it was like a training ground exercise where you take out two players purposely so that players know how to deal with pressure and being overloaded. It was like that for 60 minutes and we were excellent. It wasn't like last season where we went on a great run and then suddenly we went out of the cup and produced like a timid performance against yeah. Bowes. This is, as you say, this has been consistent. And the players or the fans are behind the players. You can see that for the whole 90 minutes. Yeah. Like maybe in years gone by we might have turned on the team or the players because we didn't think they were good enough. We didn't think the manager was good enough. That's not the case. No. I think Bowles almost seems surprised or the fans almost seem surprised that like we are fully together with this. Yeah, or we have to be. I mean why why can't we be? there's no reason not to be. Everything is positive. Everything. So um yeah, Bowles had over a thousand there. Total league attendance was six thousand four hundred fourteen, a new record for a league game at Talent Stadium and um It was mad, wasn't it, when you're like you're looking around. The West Stand is full, our stand is full, Bowles had brought over a thousand. They had to open up the East Stand yeah. for the first time since that's been closed mm-hmm. to home fans. Three and a half blocks were nearly full. Of that of that overflow, it's crazy, wasn't it? That is the ultimate goal for us to have between six to eight thousand every game. I know it's a massive, massive step. Mm. It can be done in five to ten years. I, I firmly believe it can. I think if we all work together, we can we can dig in deep and get some roots and tell it and really, really just push on as a mm. club. I think it was a full house for the derby back in October two thousand nine. So that was around six thousand. Spurs, that was actually the competitive record when they beat us 4-0. 8,500 were there to see Harry Kane's first goal in senior yep. football. Uh, remember we thought we'd need the Aviva for that one? <laughs> <laughs> Aviva, soulless kip. How much? 6,400, probably more. That seems 
doesn't seem accurate. Everyone was talking about it, but what yeah. I will say, do you know what I loved about it is the likes of the, the Leinster Senior League lads and all, they were all going, they're all buying into it now. They're all looking into it saying the League of World is a good standard. It's you, you had any right any I'm telling you now, anybody I knew involved in football was going to that game and was talking about that game. Anybody. Coaches, uh outsiders, anybody. Everyone was talking about the Dublin Derby and everyone was like you got Ray Whelan saying 10 people are on to me who have never been to a League of Ireland game looking for tickets. It's not an exact science but when you get texts like that you know everyone knows someone who oh well if he's gone there's a big exactly. interest in this. Yeah, you're thinking what yeah. is going on here like but like, like even if, do you know what a, a, an old schoolmate of mine I haven't, I haven't spoke to him in a long time since primary but I just happened to notice his tweet uh, his name's Kieran Houghton and he says why haven't I've been involved in this before. Why haven't I gone to the League of Ireland before? <laughs> he said it's the best fifteen quid he spent in a long time. So there hopefully we'll see him back in in the in uh, the South Stand. But six thousand four hundred on a Tuesday night game that was on television. Yeah, there's every single myth banished. The TV, the day of the week. Yeah, six thousand four hundred. But does that turn us into a bunch of fickle, glory-haunting bastards that we just want to... It's just like that because we're top of the table and they're mm. toward. You know, <laughs> you could put a spin on it like that, but we won't want to be too negative. I think the most encouraging thing was that we got 3,000 against UCD. I yeah. thought that was unreal. Even in the Michael O'Neill years, we couldn't get that for UCD. But let's be honest, it's all about the position in the table. Yeah. It really is, and I hate that. I hate the fact that like some people will be like, ah, sure, we're fourth. I'm not going to go. I despise that mentality. I despise that. I do a beg beyond anybody who fucking gives me that bullshit. I hate it. But, um, yeah, so, uh, Prof, we're going to bring something back from the dead. Yep. It is the list of hatred. And I'm going to add McLaughlin as well. You've got Talbot and Leahy. I'm adding them on, yeah. Leahy, definitely. Little prick. Fucking celebrating in front of us. Don't care what anyone says. But, I'm, 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 I hate it I absolutely hate it and I gave a piece of my mind but listen if he did it for us he'd love it but listen that's what it's all about hating someone that, that celebrates in front of you that's football I don't care what anyone says I'm not going to be PC about it I'm not going to uh, not comment on it like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say I don't like the guy you know what I mean Talbot as well I thought Talbot was quiet throughout the whole game just until after the game he kind of gave the yeah, big one gave the large one didn't he gave the fist up with us yeah um, and of course the the king of the list has to be McLaughlin, so that's that's uh we're bringing it back. It's Talbot, Lee, and Paul McLaughlin on the list of hatred. Yeah. Maybe we should maybe we should uh, get Tutty to put a course on them. That should be the new thing instead of the list <laughs> of hatred. Have Tutty's course. Yeah, because his curse against balls has worked so well so yeah. far. Tutty the shaman. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there was a couple of... Uh, I noticed a certain individual wasn't very active on uh, Facebook last night, Prof. Did you notice that? It's almost as if he was banned uh, at the full-time whistle or beforehand. <laughs> he couldn't say anything. I was walking by the toilet and here was Bradley out! Yeah, so uh, onto the Rollstone project and we had the Rovers under 15s won 3-0 on Waterford on Saturday with two goals from Mikey Letty and one from Alex Conlon. The underage fixtures are as follows for the coming week. We have the 19s travelling to Galway on Saturday at 2 o'clock. We have the 17s play Galway on Saturday, 4pm at Rollstone with some pints. And the 15s are away to Wexford on Saturday, 2pm kickoff. And the 13s play Wexford on Sunday, 4 o'clock at Rollstone Pints Central. So that is your underage fix 
for the weekend. Uh, Ender Stevens has scored. Moving on now, quickly. Ender Stevens has scored in three of his last four games against Birmingham, Nottingham Forest, and Hull City. So hoops watch. Um, he's doing pretty well, isn't he? he? Has to be a start. It's a, Never scored a competitive goal for us. Now no, he can't stop well, scoring. No competitive goals. Yeah, yeah. In a friendly. All right. So prof, give us your stats. You sure, you want these? Yes. Get them out of the way. Come on. Massacres. Oh, our last twenty-eight. Cat of nine tails here, whipping myself. <laughs> our last twenty-eight league games, we've won twenty-one, drawn three, and lost four. And those losses were one dead rubber in Sligo, mm-hmm. and the other three were to Bows. It has to end, though. Put it that way. It has to end. We're gonna win the next two, right? That's here's, me. Here's a knife fight. Remember that, Gareth's prediction. We're gonna win the next two, there. <laughs> right. It's a knife I mental. In 2017, and I think about how much better we are now as a squad <laughs> than that first full year in the Bradford with all those 12 new signings and all. In 2017, we won six and lost six in our first 13 games. Right. And two of those wins were against balls. In 2019, we won 10 and lost two, and those two defeats were against balls. That makes no sense. No, it's like a gypsy course. Right. We're going to have to piss in each corner of the McBarry <laughs> Fry. Take a piss in each corner flag. So, a quick note on Dundalk. This game is going to be Stephen Bradley's 100 league game in charge. Ooh. His first league game was the 3 1 win over Bowes in July 2016. And in all competitions, only us and Athlone have beaten Dundalk at Oriel Park in the last 14 months. Jesus Christ. Seablock got the winner for Athlone in the Leicester Senior Cup a couple of months ago. And we beat them 2-1 in the league last With August. A late penno from Dylan yep. Watts. Okay, starting 11s and predictions. Okay, so we've got to take into account that Grace is gone and uh, Trevor Clark. So Manus, Cavo left full. Um, Joey centre half with uh, Pico. Roy full Boyle, because he is available. How do you know? I don't know, I actually don't know. How are you gonna go about this? I'm not too sure now. So if he's not available, we have to change the formation. We're gonna have think, to put some cent I think we're either going three at the back or we're putting we have a makeshift right back like Bolger or Finn or something. Yeah, yeah. Um Or as someone said to me, you could play Aaron Green left back. And then what? Dan Kerr. He's been good the last two games. No, I don't think so. I don't agree with that one now. Um I'm not saying do it, I'm just saying it's an option. Shut up, prof. Uh this is actually very tough. Because I'm not a chance of putting Sam Bone. He's not even ready yet. Sam Bone, Greg is out. So yeah, we're going to the, the home of the champions and we can only name three defenders. <laughs> this should three be fun. The, three at the back, yeah. Three five two is actually a good formation. Um, I don't know. Let's say I'm going to stick a midfielder in there. I'm gonna, do you know what? Considering he's been doing the job in Bulger's role, I'm going to put McInerney full. Sounds crazy. But he's been doing excellent work in there in the bulger role. He can defend, he can get stuck in, he likes to tackle. I'm gonna put him in right full. Uh left full Cavo, centre half, Pico and Joey. If Joey still has a shoulder. We're gonna have Jack Finn and Watts in the middle, car on the left. Jack Finn Watts in the middle, car on the left, and what am I missing? Green are up top. I'm missing another midfielder. So I'm going to have to bring someone in. I'll probably say Young Brando. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I, I didn't even I know. I actually have. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> it's the first time I've not been able to do a certain We actually have wide to. players in that team. We've Carr and, and Brando, right. you could say. i just say, Greg Ball's your right back if Boyle can't make it. And, yeah, start Carr because Cabo has to go left back. Yeah. And same midfield and green otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy enough going up there. I think we could get something out. Anyway, I'm going to say predictions. Oh, fuck. Predictions. Oh... Oh, it's gonna be a battle. Um, they're gonna score. We're gonna score. I see one all draw. Yeah, I think it's the same. One all. One all draw. So that is it for certain lines and predictions. Um, so we're gonna say uh, the Tuesday was the fiftieth anniversary of the sixty-nine FAI Cup final against Cork Celtic, six in a row. McDermott Ferris had an excellent piece in it in the program with quotes from Paddy Mulligan, Mick Leach, Frank O'Neill, and Damian Richardson. And our rearranged six in a row podcast special is taking place this weekend, so we'll get that posted on Monday morning before the Pats game. So, um, Carl is on the Wack Express. I am. We're also and now in the Wack Express WhatsApp group. Yeah, game. it's quite interesting, isn't it? Jeez, you've come a long way. I know, yeah. I'm quite honoured to be in this group. Yeah, I saw you were at it last night, and yeah. you were uh, you were you kneeled beneath Wacker's yeah. uh, feet, and you have the sword on the head. He says, you are now part of the WhatsApp group. It was like Brienne in Game of Thrones. <laughs> She's just after being nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for this week. And uh, we have nothing else to say, but fuck Paul McLaughlin. And uh, keep on hoping. See ya. The kisses of the sun were sweet. I didn't blink. I let it in my eyes. Like an exotic drink, the radio playing songs That I have never heard, I don't know what to say Oh, not another word, just la 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 la